Craig McMillan joins us now, former Black Cap and Black Cap batting coach. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Morning, Ricardo. Good, thank you. How, how's the concreting, mate? You managed to keep the kids in the pets off it? <laughs> <laughs> he, he ain't concreting, mate. <laughs> what lies are you telling, me? I was supervising, and, and, and I was getting the hands dirty as which is more than what you do. <laughs> I said the only concrete you're doing is when you're hitting your irons off the concrete at Clearwater, mate. That's the only concrete you're bloody doing. <laughs> yeah, off the path, yeah. Oh, mate. Hey, uh, obviously, you got a result on the weekend, and there's been uh, a lot of comments and conversations had, particularly from Tim Southey, saying it's the worst wicket he's ever played on. You played in Bangladesh. You, you can agree with his comments? Yeah, it's a shocker. Um, I thought it was a really gutsy <laughs> win, actually, in, in horrible conditions. Mm. Um, and I think it showed that the Bangladesh batters struggled just as much as what our batters did. Um, too much spin, too early in the test, and there was actually no time during that test matches that, that the bat actually um, favoured over the ball. So there's a couple of deliveries. I don't know if you saw that Tom Latham got to face that basically he came forward to, so turned and bounced, and the wicketkeeper took it above his shoulder height. So they were unplayable. Um, so really difficult conditions. And the test match that really New Zealand had no right to win, especially after being, what were they, 46 for five in the first innings and 69 for six mm. in the second, and it took two special knocks from Glenn Phillips um, to get them home. And it just there's been a lot of conversations around around the pitch over in Bangladesh for for good reason because of what what we saw in both tests they're pretty challenging. Has uh, that always been the case from playing in Bangladesh, or have they gone too far? Yeah, they've always taken spin, and that's something that you realise when you tour places like Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, India. Mm. But generally, there's a period where it does flatten out, where you can actually get in and score runs, and it's not too tough. Um, this pitch gave the batters no chance at all. Right from the start, they had no chance at all. And it showed how important that first innings knock of um, Phillips of getting 80-odd and getting New Zealand the lead when it looked like they were going to concede probably a first innings lead of maybe 60 or 70. He somehow got New Zealand up to level with Bangladesh. When the highest score is 180 in a test match, to me that's saying it's a very poor pitch. So it's something you sort of realise, boys, when you travel to these countries, that they're going to favour the home side. Let's be fair, when mm. teams come to New Zealand, we have them green, which suit our fast yep. bowlers, so we have an advantage as well. But New Zealand pitches do flatten out after day one, day two, so there's an opportunity to score runs. But this is just a poor pitch all round. Macca, I know uh, Henry Nichols has um, come in for some criticism because of his form. I mean, I think in the last two years, he's had one score over 30, and that was 200 not out. And even with that, his, his average is under 30. Um is it time to start? You know how we, you know, we, in this, these tests we loaded our our bowling lineup with with spinners. Is it time to start doing that with batsmen as well? Because I know his his subcontinent average is under was around sixteen, uh, versus his normal test average was about thirty eight. So I mean, if the bloke can't play spin and can't play those conditions, why take him? Yeah, he's he's the player under fire at the moment, isn't he, Ricardo? He's certainly the mm. one that's got a little bit of on his back and. Look, the one thing I know about Henry Nichols is he's a quality test match batter. Um, the stats yep. say that he doesn't perform as well overseas as what he does at home, and that's something that probably needs to be discussed because when we do tour overseas, it seems that we get very specific with the bowlers in terms of spinners coming in for quicks, but the batters stay the same. So it doesn't matter what conditions we travel to, 
the batting lineup stays the same, and maybe we could be a little bit more horses for courses if someone performs well in certain conditions, they get picked in those conditions. But look, I mean, Henry Nichols, he's got nine test hundreds. Um, he's probably one of your first batters picked in New Zealand because he averages mm. 48 in test cricket in New Zealand. And we've got four test yep. matches this summer coming up against South Africa and Australia. So I think you're going to need that experience. But certainly I think he'd probably be the first to admit, boys, that in between his big scores, he's not consistent enough. So it's either very little and then something big. And I think there probably needs to be a little bit more consistency. And I think he'd be the first to admit that. Well, the piece of the puzzle that everyone wants to try and figure out, uh, Macca, is probably the, the first two. We've got Tom Leif and Devin Conway. What is the best way about getting them to be able to fire? Devin Conway, since the, the ODI, he, look, he looks a bit, little bit tired, um, probably losing a little bit of confidence. 47 runs at 11.75 over in Bangladesh. Would you try and manipulate the order and move him, move him down to three or four? And if so, who comes in? No. No, no, I wouldn't. I mean, he's had a little bit of a blip, has he? He had a scored mm. 100 against England in that first game in the World Cup and then was short of runs. But remembering that he came into international cricket and pretty much made it look easy right from the start, now all of a sudden, yep. as most players go through, there's just a little yep. bit of a bump in the road that he's going to have to deal with. And there's a lot of reasons why those things happen. It's the amount of cricket played, it's the travel. It's all those things that mm. add up at times that can mean that you're just a little bit off your game. So... That's something that he'll get over. He's a quality player, as I have no issues with that at all. Latham, to me, is one player that looks tired. He's played a lot of cricket um, for New yeah. Zealand over the last four months, and I quite, can't quite understand why he's playing this one-day series against Bangladesh, which starts this Sunday in Dunedin, and Kane Williamson, <laughs> who's hardly played, is being rested. He hardly played in the World Cup, coming back from injury, played a couple of matches there, and he's been rested again. So there's a couple of selections that have come through that I'm just sort of scratching my head over recently. But look, Latham's quality plays, one of New Zealand's best openers in terms of the stats and the record of his yep. fashion. So he will be back in the runs, I have no doubt, very soon. Mac, what about Glenn Phillips? What have you made of him? And, and do you think he could bat higher than where he's been playing in these tests? Well, he's a quality player. I've actually been pushing for him to be in the New Zealand Test side for some time. But um, it's great that it's that he's finally made the most of an opportunity. Um, yeah, he could bat high. There's no doubt he could do that, Ricardo. I think the thing about Phillips is in that number six or seven slot, you want a player that can come in and change the game. Um, and, and quite often you want an aggressive player that's not afraid to take the bowlers on um, because... I think back to Australia, who had an Adam Gilchrist in that seven slot. Quite often would have Australia five for 150, and the next thing they were five for 340. So it's a player that can come in and put the bowlers on notice and change things up really quickly, and he showed that he can do that. Um, he's got that X factor about him. I think that, you know, he's sort of in that slot that Michael Bracel was occupying last summer. Um, obviously, Bracel mm. had an Achilles injury and is out, but I think Phillips could do that same role um, in New Zealand when those test matches come along. He could perhaps bowl a few overs off, off spin, um, bat at seven, um, can face that second new ball, um, and I think he deserves to continue. He has to be in that side somewhere, so they have to find a spot for him. 
Yeah, he's the big name from that uh, that series over in Bangladesh. 180 runs at 60.3, eight wickets, averaging 16. So no doubt he'll be putting his name down, or they'll be putting his name down going forward. I just want to ask you about AJS Patel. We knew what he did a couple of years ago or a year ago in India when he got a temper and then he went missing. Is this going to be similarities <laughs> to him going forward in the summer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he bowled beautifully, didn't he? Uh, unfortunately, I think it might be because you know the balance of the New Zealand Test side is going to change when they come back here. Um, mm. They'll bring, they'll play the four big, fast, quick, so they'll come back in. So the two spinners will drop out, and they'll want the all-rounder who can bowl some off-spin. So whether that uh, was Michael Bracewell, I think that will be continue to be Glenn Phillips now with how he's played. So it's really tough. He's the first guy that gets picked mm. when New Zealand travel overseas is, um, and I yep. think he shows what a wonderful spin bowler he is, and he perhaps hasn't been given the credit that he deserved. But unfortunately, in New Zealand, with our conditions, um, he hasn't been overly successful, and there hasn't been a, a real need for a lot of overs from a spinner. So, yeah, I think he could find some time on the sidelines again, <laughs> which is pretty tough, isn't it, with a, such a great player? Well, it is. Where, where, where does Rach and Ravindra sit then? Because I thought the perfect time to pick him in your test team is when he's hot, hot, hot on form after a Cricket World Cup and you're playing in spin-friendly conditions and he's such a risky player, he would have been perfect to put in that team. Yeah, it's a good call. I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of discussion about him and, and whether they could fit him in that New Zealand test side. Had a great World Cup, was perhaps one of the stars, if not the star of the World Cup. Has a big future, no doubt, um, ahead for New Zealand. And I think he'll certainly be one of the first names on the team sheet in this coming one-day international this Sunday in Dunedin. Um, look, I think there is a massive difference between ODI cricket and Test cricket in a lot of areas. And I think that for him right now, continuing to be a consistent player in this New Zealand one-day side, I think will serve him well moving forward in terms of when he does get into that Test side. Watch, let's be honest, boys, we'll not be far away but it's still mm. a very good on test side that's done well in recent times that you actually have to find a way to get into. So um, he'll just have to bide his time a little bit, continue doing well on white ball cricket. And um, look, he's going to play a lot of cricket for New Zealand in all three formats, I think. But you can only pick 11 players at, at any time. And in the end, um, he has to sit on the sideline. Well, speaking of sidelines, I know you've been on the sideline down in Queenstown, donning the golf courses, uh, you know, calling the game for the White Ferns. They got the result. Mele Kerr taking over captaincy. Is this a changing of the guard that was potentially needed? Pretty successful first outing for Mele? It was, wasn't it? I think it was a little mm. insight into changing of the guard is. I think um, there was no mm. Divine or Leah Tahuhu who um, have been stewards for New Zealand for a long time. They've been terrific performers. But it was a very young New Zealand side and the White Ferns needed a win, didn't they? They hadn't been good in the previous two matches. Mm. So uh, Mealy Kerr was outstanding with the ball, good with the bat. Good to see the veteran Susie Bates back amongst the run. So um, it's an interesting time for this White Ferns side. They've got a one-day series starting tomorrow against Pakistan that they need to win. In terms of qualification mm. for World Cups and stuff, they need to win. So they need to find some consistency, but I think when you look at the players that New Zealand have, they need to start putting some time into some of the younger players because we can't afford to lose three or four experienced players all at the same time. No, that's going to be interesting, actually, Maka, that you say that because uh, I was looking at the schedule for the White Ferns, and I'm not entirely sure. You, you might have a better idea of why this is. Uh, 
But I look at it, we play these three ODIs against Pakistan in Queenstown and Christchurch. Then the White Ferns don't have any competitive matches till March. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird itinerary, isn't it? I don't know the reason for that. They go back to domestic cricket, um, play Super Smash, but yeah, it's not ideal having that big a gap um, between international series. So, um, yeah, I'm not quite sure how that's come about because normally it's a lot more fluid throughout the season. But um, yeah, that's going to be an important series too. England are one of the top sides in the world, so that will be something to look forward to. But first and foremost, they have to take care of Pakistan over the next week make sure they win the series. Yeah, they do. They do, mate. And just before we let you go, we did have that, uh, you touched on that ODI squad for Bangladesh named uh, the uh, last week, and there was a few new names in it. Uh, what can mm. you tell us about Will O'Rourke, this 22-year-old Canterbury fast bowler? He seems like a, a tower of menace. He is a handful and can seriously bowl. I've um, been at a number of Canterbury trainings um, out the back at Hagley there. And standing watching him bowl, I've been glad that I haven't had a piece of willow in my hand because the, the pace and bounce he bowls at and the movement is a real handful. So um, he is quality. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing a number of players in this New Zealand side in this series. Um, Ricardo, I think Willow Rourke's one of the standouts. Eddie Ashok, the league spinner from Auckland, um, has a bright future as well. So there's a little bit of a change in the guard, a couple of youngsters coming in, but I think you'll see very quickly the potential and the talent that these guys have, and it's exciting for the New Zealand side. Macca, you'll be all over the the, car, the game down here domestically in Christchurch. Is he related to Jack O'Rourke? I saw this young kid on social media score a ton playing senior cricket. He's only 16. No, I don't think so. There's no. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Cheers, Macca. Get to the golf course. Where are you playing today? Uh, not playing today, is, but it is blue sky and sunshine, so I might have to ring around and find someone to get out for nine holes or something just to kill a little bit of time. Mate, it's, 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 uh, uh, it's, it's all about just, you know, keeping up keeping up the uh, your step count, isn't it, Macca? That's the only reason you do it. Yeah, oh, it's a good mate, work, Ricardo. A... It really is. It's good exercise. It beats going to the gym for an hour, doesn't it? Walking, it walking his wallet's got padlocks on it, too. He doesn't like that from that wallet. Tell you that. See you later. <laughs> Takes my money easy. <laughs> See you later, mate. Thank there you. you. Go. Craig McMillan there with us uh, talking uh, cricket, obviously. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was interesting. A few things he had to say as well. It sounds like uh, Macca may be thinking that. The selectors have, have got a few big decisions to make, haven't maybe got this all right so far? Yeah, look, uh, he makes a fair point in regards to Henry Nichols at home. I don't see them making that change anytime soon. Um, Tom Latham looks tired. Why is he playing in the ODIs? Kane Williamson probably could have done with a few games, but when your body's been out of the game for a, very, uh, for a while, do you push it? Do you push it to the limits and maybe potentially look, Push for, oh, you know, cause another an injury that, that will upset the, the apple cart for, for the black black caps. But, um, yeah, look, there's a lot of conversations to be had and the selectors will be all over it. But Will O'Rourke, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with the ball in hand for the uh, for the black caps in the ODI. Here he can whip it down there, so be watching that with interest. Oh, actually, we should cross to the cricket desk. Robbie, uh, have you mm. seen, you, you watch a bit of domestic cricket. Will O'Rourke, from what Macca said, sounds a bit like another Kyle Jamison in terms of big height coming down at a, at a different angle and, and doing a bit off the pitch. Yeah, very similar. Um, he's he's the one I would draw comparison to. Um, yeah, ju- just just with height, 
um, and uh, and bounce. I think is the is the main weapon there. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how he goes at international level. Yeah, well there you go. There you go. He'll be the first English player or English born player to play for New Zealand since Roger Twos. If he gets a crack. But we... Roger Twos. There you go. Oh, Duncan and Farnley, bloody bat, left-handed. He used to smack it for CD. Yeah. Oh, no, did, he was at Wellington as well. Yeah, he played for was both. Was he Wellington and CD? Yeah, mm. played for both. Yeah, he was. I used to love watching Roger Twos. So good.